Welcome to the Teaching Self-Government Podcast with Nicolene Peck. Improving your life, uniting your family, changing the world. Welcome to the Teaching Self-Government Podcast. I'm Nicolene Peck and I am joined here with my daughter, Paige Baumert. Hi, Paige. Hello. Okay, so Paige, have you ever been stressed before? Yes, I'm a college student. Happens about every four months. <laughs> every four months. Oh, finals time. That's what <laughs> you're talking about. Okay, yes, stress can happen to anyone. I mean, this is like a common human condition that can occur. Today, we're going to be talking about stress, but specifically how to say no to stress. It is possible to get our stress under control. In fact, it is possible to be in control of our stress. We have a lot more c- control of our stress than we even realize. We're going to be talking about that today. But before we do, that, we are going to share a fun family activity. And as I was thinking about the time of year it is, I thought a fun family activity for this time of year is to start preparing to plant the garden. So I don't know if your families have done gardens before, or if this is, you know, something that would be a new thing, but I've got to tell you, doing a garden is not only great for character development and really fresh, yummy produce and yummy flowers, flowers be yummy maybe beautiful flowers they smell good (laughs) anyway um but it is also a great place to learn so many of life's lessons it's a great projects to work on it teaches patience it teaches work and diligence you have to pay attention to some details you have to learn about nourishing something and how to grow something and what's required to help a, a little thing a living thing grow to its full potential. We learn so many things by watching the world around us grow. So Mm -hmm. I love planting gardens and have always done gardens with my children. In fact, I think it's been kind of a big part of our family life, actually, whether they liked it or didn't like it, because occasionally, (laughs) you know, when it's weeding day, they might not, they might not feel like, that was not our favorite, but it's okay. But we did We did have some great times, though, sitting down and planning out where things would go. Mm -hmm. And, you know, some people sometimes saying, I want a little section that's all my own. Okay. So we did have that happen sometimes where a few people. We'd have a few plans of, you know, just all to ourselves that we got to take care of. It was awesome. And I remember, like, as we kept going on, like, after years and years of gardening, we started learning that certain plants liked to be with other plants so like this vegetable liked to be next to this vegetable because they worked well together and you know some vegetables did not like other vegetables and I'm like that is so interesting Mm -hmm. for instance a lot of people put peppers right by tomatoes they don't like to go by each other that's not a good thing you want to put your peppers by your beans that would make them much more happy and there are other things like onions that might like to be by Well, those also like to be by beans and beets and carrots, but they can also go by your tomatoes and be okay. So there's certain things that do better in certain places than others. Yeah, we figured out that. We figured out so many things, how to keep some of the pesky bugs off of our plants, you know, lots of different things. But I think the dreaming up of a garden is almost one of the funnest parts. Oh, yeah. No, I remember each each year you would take a piece of paper and you'd kind of draw out what we had, what areas we had. Maybe, okay, last year we had this year. So why don't we put these two things here this year 
it would be really fun just to be like, okay, the peas go here, the carrots go here, the beets go here, the corn goes here, you know, the green beans go here. And it was, ugh, it was really fun. Yeah, so we would measure it all out. We would, um, you know, draw, get a piece of paper and we would draw the front yard and we would draw the backyard and decide where we wanted to put new things, where we wanted to move things. Because sometimes we decided we wanted to put one thing in another area. And if you keep those drawings, then you can rotate your crops in your little area of your yard. Now you don't have to have a huge garden plot to have a garden. In fact, we had a lot of gardens that normally people might put bushes in or flowers or something that we decided we were gonna also put vegetables in and it worked really well. In fact, there's some flowers that keep the bugs away from vegetables. So sometimes mixing those in with each other can work if you research that. So, you know, you don't have to have a big garden, but it's really fun to just get out there and get in the dirt, clean out the old stuff, replace it with some new stuff, pick out some seeds, you know, take the children to the store and look through the seeds and ask them what they would like to plant and then go online and, and look up the best way to, to grow that, what type of soil you need to have and, you know, that kind of thing. You could even start stuff right now, depending on where you live. You know, if you're in a place where uh, it's still a little cold yet to go out, so where I live in the Mountain West, usually right around St. Patrick's Day, which just happened, you start planting your spring crops. And then after your spring crops go in, then your next planting, usually your main crops get planted right around Mother's Day in May. So um, right now is a time where we trim trees, get the, the gardens ready, plan where everything's going to go, and then put in the spring crops and get the dirt all established and put where you know, get the soil amended and all that kind of stuff. But it's a fun thing, especially in the springtime to just kind of ease into it, you know, but let's say you happen to hear this podcast and it's fall. There are other things you can plant too, you know, such as garlic and um, crops that are going to be coming up in the springtime. So anyway, think about a garden. It's such a fun thing to do. And it teaches so much self-government because if you miss watering or if you let the weeds get out of control, it's noticeable. You learn that cause and effect and then you got to go out there and work on fixing it. And usually you can fix your garden. It's not ever usually beyond repair. I mean, occasionally it happens, but not usually. <laughs> all right. Here at the Teaching Self-Government podcast, we look through all the topics that we we're talking about through the lens of self-government. So we're going to talk about self-government here for a minute. What does it mean, self-government, Paige? Self-government is being able to determine the cause and effect of any given situation and possessing a knowledge of your own behaviors so that you can control them. Yeah. Possessing a knowledge of your own behaviors so that you can control them. You can control them. We're talking about stress today. And do you think that you can control stress? Yes. In fact, I want you to know something. Our fun family activity has a little bit to do with stress today. Be, well, about decreasing stress. Because one thing that many people find very relaxing is digging in the dirt, getting back to earth, pulling out some weeds, making something clear in a spot in the yard. This oftentimes is a stress reliever for people. So that's one of the things that people will say, dig in the dirt. And somehow that, that just connection to the ground, connection to the earth and to the dirt, and just brings a little bit more of a calmness. We can control our stress. We can, we can make plans for how to not 
become stressed. And if we feel like we find we've, we have become stressed, there are ways that we can change that so that we don't stay stressed. So that's a really good thing. Paige, I would say, I don't know what you think, but I would say that people have pretty busy lives. I mean, your life's pretty hectic. Yeah, no, I'd say the majority of people, they claim to have busy lives and you can usually um, see that claim backed up through their daily actions. So, but especially, I mean, things may or may not have calmed down, but I know for me, um, like all of my classes have been switched to online. So especially on Mondays, I have back-to-back classes from 9 a.m. until 3 p.m. And I get a 15-minute little breather in between each class. But, you know, in between that time, I'm getting ready for the next class. And I've got to have to get something to eat. Because <laughs> you got to have food in between there at some point. Um, but, yeah, I would say a lot of people tend to have a lot on their plate. Yeah, it's kind of like the way of life. And so I think one thing we need to get rid of is... Uh, the myth that somehow we are like have a, an extreme amount of of busy because I think everyone does not that we need to compare to anybody we all know what we maybe can and can't take um, but a lot of that is deciding what type of a capacity we want to grow to so there are some people who have larger capacities than others Uh, usually that's because they've trained themselves to be that way. Maybe they were brought up that way. They did a lot of things. And so their capacity just grew. But I know for me, my capacity grew a lot when I was doing foster care. So when I had two troubled teens and I had two babies, and so there were like tantrums on both ends of the spectrum going on all the time. And I was doing court and I was doing paperwork associated with this foster trained stuff, plus running the family, plus growing food and you know, all that kind of stuff. And then serving in my church in various capacities, like multiple different obligations there and handling things with my extended family. I mean, it was really a busy, busy time. And, um, and I remember feeling like, you know what, I am just growing more and more like capacity wise. After a while, I felt like, oh, it's just life. It's no big deal. You know, but sometimes when new things happen, we go, whoa, am I going to be able to take this? This is so much more than I'm used to. The answer is usually always is yes. You know, people who do do more can do more. That's what it means to grow your capacity. This doesn't mean that we want to do unhealthy things and overburden ourselves unnecessarily, especially we should be always prioritizing, right? right? And choosing between all the goods that we could be doing and picking Mm -hmm. the very best things, which usually involves bonding to the people. Um, I know that I always feel life is better and less stressed when I'm bonding to the people. What about you, Paige? I think it's the same way for me as well. When I don't focus on every little thing that needs to get done and I just worry about the people involved, um, then that really does help to decrease stress. I think one thing that's important to realize though, is that People will stress out because they're thinking about everything that they may need to do. And so they might not necessarily be busy, but they think they're busy because they're thinking about so many things or they Mm. have so many intentions to do things, but they never actually happen. Mm -hmm. Yeah. In fact, there is such a thing as the person who thinks about it all, but never gets it done. 
And that, and they, so they stress themselves into paralysis. Okay. Like a mental paralysis, a stress paralysis. I know someone, a person really dear to me, actually, who does this, who makes list after list after list, but never actually gets to the list and then wonders why they never have time for anything, but they're spending the majority of their time thinking about what's to come. And you know, the sad thing is then they never enjoy the minutes that do come. They might be planning good things, you know, it could be family parties and get togethers with people, social events and stuff, you know, things that you're supposed to enjoy, but because they're so worried about all the details being perfect, they don't even allow themselves the opportunity to enjoy it. And because they're thinking about how much they have to do and how stressful it is, then in the minute, they're not even liking, I shouldn't say liking, like they tell themselves they like the time, but they're not like in their full zone of happiness and, and everybody can tell, which then makes it kind of hard on everybody else you know yeah well even when they're in that moment they're thinking about oh man did I get everything right for this you know everyone's here are they all having a good time um do you know is there something that I need to do or maybe something I need Mm -hmm. to say to increasing and so they just overthink everything and that Mm -hmm. just and that can kill the mood oh yeah and then they're not themselves you know I mean then they really aren't that person you wanted to hang out with they're like a different version yeah so it is hard to be the hostess and you know or or the host and the person in charge of things because you have a lot on your plate and some of us are more last minuteers and some of us plan way way ahead you know our personalities are very different as far as planning and that kind of stuff goes but no matter how we plan I think it's really important just for our own level our own stress level that when the time comes that we decide we're going to enjoy it, whatever's happening, we need to enjoy it. And I think that's the thing a stressed out person doesn't do. Yeah. Well, and when you make that decision ahead of time, it's almost like you're giving, you're pre-teaching yourself, but you're also giving yourself an instruction. You're like, I will enjoy my time here. You know, there's going to be things that I can find to do or say, you know, or people to talk to that I know that my time will be enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Well, and this is a big thing because it is a decision uh, to not be stressed. And I know that when a person is burdened with a lot of anxiety and, and stress, it seems like, how could that be a decision? There's all these things happening to me. My car broke down. My, um, you know, my child had this problem, you know, and, and I'm having this health problem and, you know, financially things aren't good, you know, whatever it is that, you know, people could be having things that seem like it's lots of things happening to them but at the end of the day here's the thing at the end of the day you can only handle one thing at a time you can only think about one thing at a time and a person does not have to solve all the problems all at the same time so you can tell yourself right now I'm going to focus on the car problem because I'm on the side of the road right And maybe you say to yourself, I better call the doctor to tell them why I'm now not going to make it or that I'll be late or something. So that's number one. You call them. You don't have to stress about it. You don't you just have to say just, you know, I had an act, you know, an accident or something happened to the car or whatever. And so you just tell them and then, okay, now how do I take care of the car situation? Okay, well, now we go to that call so and so get a tow truck, do whatever, you know, needs to happen. And then you handle that. And then as you're on your way to your next thing, and then you think, okay, um, you know, I am feeling like I'm having this 
this health thing. I need to take my pill. Okay, take it, you know, or whatever. I mean, there's these different things that go on. And when it comes to the financial, you know, because sometimes you start thinking, oh, the financial with the car repair or whatever it is. So when you get there, then you ask the person about the financial, how much it will be, right? Maybe get somebody to give you a little ride and you say, okay, well, I'm going to go get that money and then I'll come, come back, right? Or I'm going to go talk to some people about some money. So just hold off for a minute, right? And so then you worry about that, but only one thing at a time. And when a person handles their life one thing at a time like that, and they say, well, I'm going to do whatever I need to do now. And then whatever next would be next. I'm not going to make myself have to do four things at once then they're happier. The people around them are more willing to help. Their problems get solved better. Stress can kill you. But a bad day or a lot of unfortunate events or money problems doesn't kill you. But stress can. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's the part we got to remember. Yeah. Well, and like even... We haven't even talked about like the basics of what stress is because people just they think of stress um, and they can think of examples where they have been stressed, but they don't necessarily understand that stress is an emotional thing. And so, you know, stress is having anxiety or being choosing to be overwhelmed or letting yourself be overwhelmed by something um, overthinking, which we kind of talked about and overanalyzing, worrying about things, panicking. So Stress is when you let your emotions take over your logic and your motor functions. Well, in, and even to break that down even more, we could say you might feel a burden, okay? So there's a burden that comes like a deadline, say, okay? Here's your burden. So the feeling is, oh, I have a burden. So this deadline. So then at that moment, when you choose to hyper-focus on the deadline, to worry about the deadline, to panic or overanalyze what isn't done about the deadline, that's when you're stressing. But it's not the deadline itself that is stress. It's what you emotionally do after that initial feeling of that burden that happens. Mm -hmm. So maybe someone has a health problem, that's the burden, but are you going to panic and worry over it? Or are you just going to get going with it and trust that um, whatever happens is going to be the best thing that can happen? And, you know, kind of stepping forward in faith. I mean, it's a really, if you're going to choose not to have stress and not to have fear and worry, then really you're choosing to have faith that, um, that somewhere, you know, some being greater than you perhaps is not going to let you fall, that you're going to keep going and things are going to work out and be okay. It's amazing how many things work out and, and are okay. And things that we didn't even orchestrate ourselves, but things that just happen. I'm amazed by that. I had a situation where a person was going to interview me and they had me set up for a certain time to interview me. And um, they reached out to me and said, you know, I'm going to have to cancel. I've got all these other things that have happened. I really apologize. And we'll have to reschedule. And I was thinking to myself, how funny is that? Because I was thinking, wow, that day turned into a monster of a day. And now all of a sudden I don't have to do that, um, that particular interview. And it just turned out that now my day decreased in its 
in its craziness, it was like, I just allowed whatever to happen, happened, and it all turned out. And it turned out for her too. And I wasn't worried about the fact that she was canceling with me. Things yeah, work I, out. I feel like there are definitely days where I'm just like, I hope this doesn't happen. Because that way, things will be a little easier. <laughs> but yeah, I think the stress gets in the way of actually being able to schedule and prioritize the most important things in your life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's a big thing is prioritizing can help us maybe eliminate some of our stress. I, I think sometimes we put everything as urgent when everything is not urgent. So, you know, there's certain things sometimes I have to do for some seemingly pretty important stuff. And I just have to go, you know what, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to bump that because you know, my child needs this. I've got to go to Porter's soccer game or I need to, you know, whatever. The people are always more important to me, always more important than the cause, more important than, you know, the bill that I'm working on or whatever. The people are always more important. And if you prioritize and you put the priorities in place, then it, you're okay saying no to when things need to have a no said. You yeah. Know? Well, some people argue I'm doing this for the people so that they have an easier go at it. I say, but then they give, or not give up, but they misprioritize their own people, like their own family. And they put maybe a career above their own family. Like there, there are plenty of TV shows that, that portray that. And mm -hmm. so, you know, maybe someone's like a lawyer, they're doing so many good things for other people, but they unintentionally drop the ball on their own family. It can happen. And when you do that, you start feeling out of balance. That always occurs. And so I think, you know, keeping that family as, and those people in the family as that top priority usually keeps everything in balance the most. And even if you're busy doing other things for work, even if you're busy with projects or causes or whatever things you're working on, you have to make sure that, oh, the family can always interrupt me. I will always take their calls. Um, mm -hmm. I will always talk about them, think about them. You know, they will always be that top priority, even if you're busy, you know, with some other stuff from time to time, which can happen. So knowing your priorities is huge. Um, I will say some people probably tell themselves that the family is the stress. And that's where maybe things need to be really focused on in the family so that the family isn't the burden and the family isn't the cause of stress. Yeah, well, because it can um, be hard. Like if you come home from a long day of work and then you come home to you know, your spouse is like yelling at your kids to try and get them to do something or, you know, the house is in disarray and you just feel very overwhelmed. You're like, oh my gosh, I thought I left all of this at the office, but I did not. And so mm -hmm. there's, there's those feelings of you're like, oh my gosh, this is, this is crazy. But then, I mean, well, that's sometimes a critical we're tired. Point. Yeah. I mean, exhaustion yeah. can play into that too. And you're like, okay, I'm done. <laughs> yeah well and and we we say we can say to ourselves you know sometimes like i'm too tired for this but those are self-defeating thoughts and you have to watch out for those too because self-defeating thoughts make you even think that you can't handle even more than you know there's things you might be able to handle yeah, if you so didn't easy think, to get i can't do point. this because mm -hmm. when you say i can't do this and no matter what it is i can't do this I can't, I'm too tired. I can't, I don't want to. Then it keeps you know, going. Then it breaks you. Mm -hmm. Then your brain just starts 
going down that path to stress. As soon as you say can't, your, your brain starts feeling the stress. So mm-hmm. that's super important to remember and make sure that you, you're knowing what you're thinking. You're choosing your thoughts deliberately because those can be just habits that you can fall into. So let's talk about what to do. Okay. So um, the first thing is you've got to know what stress feels like to you. That's important. Does it feel like overwhelmed? Does it feel like overthinking? Um, do you think self-defeating thoughts? You know, what is your stress like? Do you feel a certain feelings like a, a tightness in your chest or um, tightness in your neck or your shoulders or your eyes? You know, some people get physical indicators that they're starting to feel stressed or that the stress is coming on. And if you know that you get one of those, you can also choose to like, whew, relax it down before it becomes a problem, right? Mm -hmm. And you can go, oh no, the stress is building, the stress is happening. So the one that happens to me is the tightness in the chest. Yeah, that's a really good cue. Yeah, so when I feel that come then I immediately know, oh, I've got to take action. I like that. I know for me, when I start to get stressed, which actually isn't very often, I can only visibly point out in the recent past, like two times that I've allowed myself to get stressed. But my thoughts start racing a million miles a minute. And I'm thinking of everything that has to be done or everything that has happened that is contributing to what is now currently happening. And I just go, whoa. (laughs) we're just gonna not care about any of that for a second we're gonna take a chance to go get calm then we'll come back and take a look at it maybe write things down so it's a little more orderly so we can get it out of the brain Mm -hmm. and that's good it's good that you have a plan for that where you're like okay here's my plan if I feel like this I'm gonna just stop myself and get calm first and I love the write it down Because sometimes when you write it down, you feel like, okay, now I don't have to think about it because it's on the paper. So it clears up space in the brain, like deleting old files Mm -hmm. on your phone. Mm -hmm. So that's a good thing to do. All right. So number one thing is you got to know what happens to you when you get stressed. This is important and try to think what's the first thing that happens. The first thought, the first physical indicator. What is the first thing? Also, you need to know what does it feel like when you're totally calm, when you're just in your best calm zone. What does that feel like? That peace, that, that, you know, feeling of just like a waterfall, you know, just relax. What is that calm? Not to the point of sleep, but before that. I know for me, when it comes to calmness, um, it doesn't necessarily mean laziness or, Mm -hmm. you know, lethargy. Because those are completely different things. You can be a very, very busy person moving here and there, but still be, be very calm. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I know, but I know like when, for, for me, when I'm calm, I am thinking about like, okay, I don't care what other people throw at me or, you know, I'm not going to take any of this personally. Um, it's, it's a very hyper-focused way of thinking. I I don't know. It's kind of hard for me to put into words, but um, I think it's like very focused, very sharp and I can Mm -hmm. see everything and analyze it without garbage trying to get in the way of my analyzation of things. Mm -hmm. 
I think you're right. In fact, I'm really calm all the time and, and not stressed, even though I do tons of stuff. Like I literally do tons of stuff and I move from thing to thing to thing. And after we record this and I've already got my next things that I'm going to be moving on to. And that's just how it is. There's always a list of things that I could do because I just always life is, you know, yeah. life is too short to do all the good you can do. So <laughs> anyway, that's just what I do. I, I feel my days that way. But I will say that because I allow myself to enjoy every minute and not obsess over the next minute and the time and all that kind of stuff, then, then I invest where I need to invest. And if something once in a while doesn't happen, then I go, well, I guess that wasn't meant to happen. I try not to leave anybody hanging, obviously, because we don't want to be rude to others. Yeah, or right? maybe and it could even be like, maybe it wasn't the things, right time but... for that to happen. Yeah. So, you know, maybe like, well, if I didn't get to yeah. it today, maybe it's better that I get to it tomorrow anyway. Okay, but some of the things we stress over are lame. Okay, I'm just going to say that. <laughs> they are ridiculous. Some of the things we stress over are like, okay, I have to have the exact makeup or I have, you know what I mean? On, I have to be done up just so, or maybe it's like, okay, I have to have this thing and this thing and this thing, or I can't walk out of the house. Like, you know, I remember in the diaper bag packing days, it was like, pack this, 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 oh, and this, oh, and this, and where is this thing? And all of a sudden I'm spending so much time packing the diaper bag that I'm like late everywhere. And then that increases more stressful driving, which isn't good. Right. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, if I really got out there and I really needed all these extra little things, I could stop and pick them up. I could right? stop and buy it, you know? It's, it's like, like not a dollar such a here, three dollars there. Yeah, it's just not that huge of a deal. And, and instead, I'm pushing myself on all these little details that I'm spinning through my mind. So there are some people who come up with great strategies for how to pack stuff way ahead of time. And so you're always ready and you can just pick up and go and you don't have yeah. to you know, pack all these different things. And so you could look into some of those things, but sometimes doing all the prep work can just stress other people out. Seriously. No, I'm one of those people that like, if I think like, if I'm trying to do a new meal thing and I'm like, I have to meal plan. Yeah, no, we're not doing that (laughs) because I'm like, if I have to stress about the whole process before the actual process, then I'm not going to do it. And it's not going to be worthwhile for me. I mean, there, mm-hmm. ha- there obviously has to be some planning involved to your life to make it efficient and worthwhile. Um, but there's some things that just don't matter. Like most days I walk out of the house with no makeup on and that's okay. But I'm like, okay, as long as my face is clean, we're good. Yeah. So you have to know where your bar, your bare minimum is, right? Your bare yeah. minimum of, I will move on with my day. Right. And, and so I definitely have mine and I am not always done up. I, you know, I do too many, like just messy things anyway, to always be done up, but let's talk about, so if we know what we feel like when we're stressed and we know what we feel like when we're calm, can we identify it? Can we write it down? Like, I feel happy. I feel like hearted. I feel like I have capacity. I feel like I can do things, you know, that's important for you to know. Okay. So then here's a process for you for getting rid of, of stress and we'll call it saying no to stress. Okay. Because you've got to know what it feels like. And so that's, we already hopefully talked about that a little bit, what to do with it. Okay. That's what we're going to be talking about in there and where to go from there. So, you know, after you know what to do with it in the minute, okay, then what comes next afterward? Because the afterward time, the stress can come back too easily. So sometimes we think we got rid of it and then it didn't go away. 
So let's talk about this little process. So number one thing is recognize the stress. So if you've gone through, what does it feel like when Nicolene is stressed? Uh oh, my chest feels starting to feel kind of tight in that weird stressed way. And it's wrapping around to my back. You know, I'm feeling a little bit of a backache or something. I'm like, oh, that could be stress coming on, right? That's step number one. Step number two is challenge it. Wait a minute. I don't need to feel stressed. There's no reason to feel stressed. This is just pessimism if I'm going to sit and worry about this. I'm not going to allow this to take over, right? I Whatever it is, that. you tell yourself. Yeah, you tell yourself. You got to be real with it. Yeah. And you just tell yourself, uh-oh, I'm not doing this, right? So challenge it. That's, that's number one. You make a decision. Right after you feel it, you make a decision, yes or no. Are you going to feel it? Are you not going to feel it? Well, if you make a decision, no, I'm not going down this road. I'm not going to have stress. I'm not going to ruin my day. I'm not processing like this. I'm going to stay optimistic. I want to be happy. Then the next step is you give yourself a no answer. So you say, no, nope, you don't get, you don't get to be stressed. That's not the way we're doing it. And I mean, I mean, you may even say other things like, Hey, I'm this person. I choose not to be stressed. Um, I follow sources of light and not sources of fear and worry and darkness. You know, I mean that you could go into more detail there, but give yourself a no answer saying, Nope. Now, how do you accept a no answer? You look at the person or situation, keep a calm face, voice, and body, say okay, or ask to disagree appropriately, and then you drop the subject. So the next Which step is, is hard. Yeah, oh yeah, that can be the hard step. That's well, the hard that's, part. For like certain. if you can't do that, then yeah, stress is very likely to be a part of that situation. It'll take you over every time if you can't drop the subject. Yep. Yeah. So then that next step is you have to accept the no answer. And that means you got to get all the way to drop the subject or letting it go, deciding I will not have it. It's not going to be in me. Our will is strong enough to do this. Our oh yeah. free will, our agency, we can choose to just tell something. Nope. You don't get a place in my brain. We can pick it. We can just say that. So we say, um, nope, you don't get to be stressed. And then we say, okay, now I'm dropping the subject. I am not going to think about being stressed anymore. Now, Paige, you write down a list, right? And then afterwards you're like, that's it. Okay. I wrote it down. Boom. So she's inserted, write a list in there. Yeah. And then I think of the first thing that needs to happen and, and that's it. And I think of it and then I'm like, okay, this thing is done. Oh yeah. I made a list. Okay. What's next on the list. We'll think of one thing at a time, go do the one thing and then come back and refer to the list again. Mm -hmm. So now sometimes I have told myself, okay, that's it. I'm not going to feel stressed. And then in a couple of minutes, I start thinking those stressful thoughts again, almost like somebody's planting them in my mind, like pushing on me, like nudging rude. me. I know. And then I tell myself, no, I already let you go. You don't get a comeback. Nope. I literally just take a stand against the thought. And you can head. give your own thoughts and no answer. And if you're, um, yeah. Like if you have authority to saying no, those things are more likely than not to go away. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So then after you let it go, and maybe even as part of it, you take a big, nice deep breath. <sighs> and then you make a new thought, you know, your new thought. Hey, what do I need to do? I need to do this. Oh, I'm going to call so-and-so. Or I, next thing on my list today was this. I'm going to start working on that. You just start getting productive. You take a deep breath and make a new thought. 
I'm going to start taking steps. I'm now going to walk in this direction and I'm going to go and do this thing. Sometimes just focusing on doing something or I'm going to go read to a child. I'm going to go sit down with the children and we're going to have a good learning moment because I need the people. I need the people. Those are the most important parts of my life. Not the phone calls, not the bills, not the whatever. I mean, you have to handle those at some point and, and we shouldn't be pushing them off, pushing them off. But at the end of the day, you can choose to do them anytime you want. So choose to do one thing and then choose to pick one thing off the list, you know, and just get going. Anyway, so now I'm going to give myself instruction because I made a new thought. So my instruction is take number one on the list and let's work on it. Then as I'm doing that, as I make that decision, I start working on it. I, I tell myself I'm awesome. You know, I report, I give a positive report and praise myself and say, oh, you're doing a good job. You're making good time. You know, this is great. And then, wow, that was faster than calling that doctor and setting up that appointment. That was quicker than I thought it would be. Why do I keep putting that off? You know, I'm not going to put that off next time. I think I got to call someone. I'm just going to just going to pick up the phone and call them. I'm not going to prep myself for it for four days or I'm just going to pick it up and call. Well, a lot of that is just being optimistic too. Like you choose to look for the good things because once you choose to look for the good things, it's easier to praise yourself and others. Yeah. And really a state of stress is a state of pessimism, pessimism. It -hmm. is. You're looking at the negative, all the things that make you a horrible person or that make your life awful. Or that could go awful, like just yeah. the worries of that it could go bad, even when it's not yet. Yeah, exactly. Um, so then after you positive, you give yourself that positive report, you praise yourself, then you stay engaged, you know, in productive thoughts. Because I think that's the thing we got to remember is that stress is a non-productive thought. It hurts us. It stops us. It makes our life bad. And like I said, it's the stress that will kill you. It's the stress that hurts your heart, that raises your blood pressure, that creates burden on your body, toxicity in your body. It's the stress that's going to hurt you. The list of things is not going to hurt you. As long as you can get yourself back to the calm, take the deep breath, get back to the calm, start taking that one productive thought, then you'll work your way down that list. Everybody can do it. Everybody can do it. So now what do you do when the stress thought comes back? Because it can, you can think, oh, okay, I beat that for 20 minutes. Oh no, I'm going to bed and now I'm thinking of everything I have to do again. And there (laughs) it is. Then you tell yourself, I already wrote the list. Or if you didn't yet say, I'm going to write the list. Okay, I'm writing the list. And then you say, no, nope. We can't think about it anymore. You just push it away. You just let it go again. You have to put your foot down. Start at the beginning. Yeah. You can go through that process however many times in a day that you want to go through that process. That you need to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just go through it again. Recognize, challenge it, give yourself a no answer. Accept the no answer by dropping the subject. Take a deep breath, make a new thought, follow that instruction from yourself, praise yourself, and then stay engaged in your productive thoughts. That is the process that I go through so that I don't have to, to have stress and have stress in my life. I actually think, you know, I mean, I have some gray hairs cause you know, well, I mean, I'm getting <laughs> older, but compared to some other people I know, um, even who shame share some of my same, you know, like DNA, my hair is less gray. 
And well, I, know that I think it's because it does cause gray hair. It does. Well, because you're putting your body under unneeded pressure. Yeah. And when you can just say, you know what? I'm not going to let that affect me. I'm not going to be emotionally attached to that situation. Then, wow, life gets so much easier. It's called self-government. And no. we can all do it. it. Yeah, it is. I mean, shock of all shocks. <laughs> it's called self-government. I wonder but why we talk about self- it. Yeah, that self-government is absolutely um, possible for every person. I know that sometimes it's hard. Maybe there's this repeated thought like, I'm lonely. I don't have anybody. Or this repeated thought like, I'm, I'm failing at that. I'm not doing good at that. Um, we don't have to entertain that forever and ever. We can challenge it, right? We can say, I'm recognizing I'm feeling burdened. I'm feeling down. Maybe it's not stressed. Maybe it's depressed. It's the yeah, same maybe thing. put, it, put a name to, to the feeling. That does help. Mm-hmm. We can say, you okay, know you know what? That's a, that's, a, that's a feeling like a depressed feeling or a bummer feeling. It's a, it's a downer. I don't want a downer. I'm going to give myself a no answer for the downer, even though I could feel alone right now, but I can do something about it. So I'm going to go in a, a, a forward direction. I'm not going to hold myself back, right? We have that much control. We really are that powerful. It takes practice. It takes so much practice. Just doing it one time doesn't mean, you know, you'll never have stress or depression or whatever again. And, and obviously some people even have like higher chemical needs, higher anxiety, higher, you know, tendency for, for depression. But even so, even so, we still get to make our own choices and we can't forget that. That is one of the base truths in self-government is that we do have a lot of power in our own choice. Thank you all so much for joining us on the Teaching Self-Government podcast today to talk about saying no to stress. I challenge you, find that next stress that happens and give it a no. Go through that process, write it down, go through that process, and really it will empower you for the next time and the next time and the next time. If you want more information about self-government, if you want to, I mean, this is just a scratch of the, the surface, okay? So if you want to learn more, I highly recommend take the Teaching Self-Government course, the parenting course. That course is transformational. We've got three-day trainings that we're doing. Mm-hmm. We've got one coming up in May. Be sure to take a look at that one. Um, these trainings, absolutely, you'll get the whole picture, the big, full picture, all the skills, all the things you need for full self-government. And so be sure to go check those things out because we can only just give you a teeny taste on the Teaching Self-Government podcast. But thank you for joining us. We will talk to you again next time. Bye-bye. Bye. You've been listening to the Teaching Self-Government podcast. For more information and resources to help unite your family, visit teachingselfgovernment.com.